Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Believe Fantasy Football Show with me, your friendly neighborhood fantasy football analyst, Michael Fabiano, and uh, that guy next to me, the debonair, handsome, legendary king, Bob Harris. What's going on there, Mr. Football Guys? I just, uh, you know, enjoying the brief respite from the actual uh, day-to-day football grind uh, in the uh, uh, Super Bowl bye week. Uh, watching who's not practicing with great interest, or maybe not. <laughs> always, always enjoyed the bye week injury reports. Like, oh, I'm going to get really excited about this. Uh. Right? Yeah, you're not excited about the Pro Bowl games. It's so ridiculous, man. I don't care if a football player can hit a golf ball or whatever the hell else they do. <laughs> Don't matter to me. Bring back, you remember like back in the day, was it like the ABC Wide World of Sports where they would have like these competitions? Like bring something like that back. Let's have a little fun. I don't I don't I care think, about this stuff that they're doing. I want to say, you know, there was a, uh, who was the Patriots running back that was hurt really bad in the beach volleyball Yeah, game? that was Robert, Robert Edwards, Edwards in the in a, a game on the beach. Right. Like, almost, in sand. Almost lost his damn leg. I mean, this is like a serious day. I like I, I don't know why they even bother doing anything. It's just to reward the players, just pay them their money and give them a vacation. And, and I don't yeah. know, I, I, anything that puts players at risk, I think needlessly is not great for my fantasy fortunes. Uh, Bob, of course it is a uh, Super Bowl <clears throat> time as we've got San Francisco and Kansas city who will be battling it out in sin city. Uh, Bet online is your number one source for playoffs, football odds, stats, trends, and lines, <laughs> all that good stuff with everything from point spreads, to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today and stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So, since there's really nothing going on this week, Bob and I decided, well, we'll go through some of the coaching hires. And then we looked at the coaching hires and we're like, still nothing really going on. <laughs> I mean, like, Raheem Mostert goes to Atlanta. Zach Robinson's the OC. You know, Rams, yeah, I mean, Robinson, you look at him, right? Yeah, you look at him as the passing coordinator there last year, and Pukunuku had great success. So, I mean, at least weapons got used. I'll just say, you know, Raheem Morris, we have a, a three-year uh, window into his head coaching career right at Tampa, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. At uh, 2009, the 30th-ranked offense, the 27th-ranked defense, uh, 2010, 20th-ranked offense, 9th-ranked defense, year three, 27th-ranked offense, 32nd-ranked defense. It was not uh, with much distinction was that area. He had Josh Freeman at quarterback and Greg Olson – uh, you know, not known for his uh, high-end work. Not, his, uh, not, the, not the tight end slashed analyst. This is the offensive coordinator. No, but, but I do think, you know, Robinson helped oversee, uh, you know, the uh, a greatly improved Rams offense last year, got the most out of mm-hmm. Nakua, Matthew Stafford, and, and Kyron Williams was part of that as well. So, yep. so you know, not, not for nothing there. Uh, Seattle ha- hires Mike McDonald as their head coach. Can we stop? With the McDonald and McDaniels people, like there's too many. Like it's messing me up. Like we got Mike McDaniel, we got Josh McDaniels, who who knows, maybe he's going to end up back in New England. I have no idea. And now we got Mike McDonald. It's enough already. Um, but we don't know. Youngest the head coach in the NFL. Go from the Seattle goes from the oldest head coach in the NFL to the youngest. So see level change. A great defensive mind. Clearly, uh, Ravens defense has been amazing the last two years. Uh, led the league in multiple categories. I think you know. I think the good news to me is the Baltimore's defense maybe won't be as great and they'll have to score more points. Anything that puts the onus on Lamar Jackson, that unit to uh, be more productive uh, you, is something I can get behind. I'll tell you this, bro. I ain't ever picking the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Not doing it. Um, Lamar, Lamar can't win the big game. Uh, I'm done. Oh, here we go. Uh, here we go. 
Here Carolina Panthers hired Dave Canales as their head coach. I mean, it's like, you know, maybe a little bit interesting, right? Because uh, the Buccaneers offense was very fantasy friendly this past season, all the way to Baker Mayfield, who was a top 12 quarterback. Uh, but the Panthers have no weapons. The good news is that they have a lot of cap space. Um, right. Unfortunately, <laughs> they don't have a first round pick because they got fleeced by the Bears in that trade for Bryce Young last season. Uh, but maybe Canales can turn things around. At least the Panthers have some money. Maybe, hell, I mean, Mike, maybe he goes after Mike Evans, which I don't know that I would love from a fantasy perspective, but um, I, I think I, I'm sure they will be spending some money in the offseason. Dave Canales cannot pass block, I'm told. I have a good authority, uh, <laughs> sources tell me. So, you know, he and Dan Morgan comes in as a former linebacker, you know, promoted to GM there. I mean, they have a lot of work to do, as you mentioned, adding some playmakers. We'll see if Jonathan Mingo develops beyond just a physical presence down the field without much production. Um, and those things will be key. DJ Chark's free agent, so we'll see if he stays around or moves on. Uh, so a lot of questions there. But first and foremost is pass protection and, you know, maximizing. He's there to maximize Bryce Young, right? He's there to turn Bryce Young into, uh, you know, get number one pick overall uh, production out of him. And it's been a very low bar. So expecting some improvement seems reasonable. If they can get some pass blocking, expecting high-end play, expecting him to turn into C.J. Stroud uh, seems like a reach. All right, so... Again, there's nothing going on this week in the NFL. And so Bob and I decided that we're going to recap a mock draft for you guys. And there was a mock draft that was held uh, over at Sirius XM. Bob, were you in this mock draft or no? I was. <clears throat> Which team are you? I'm a uh, team eight, I believe. Uh, it's Jacob Steve. Our uh, program director had to have a team. So <clears throat> All right, so, I drafted so... Brees Hall. Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Because I'm looking and I don't yeah, see Bob eight. Harris anywhere. Yeah, so, so let's go through like the first five rounds, say, and and we'll see how how we're doing on time. Uh, but the first round was really there was maybe a couple of like what picks there. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went first, and that's going to be the consensus. And that's why I hope I don't get the first pick in any of my leagues because the last four years the number one pick has gotten hurt. Uh, so I'm a little scared. Uh, not not going to lie. Everyone gets hurt. Why do you do that to yourself? What do you mean everybody gets hurt? Not everyone gets hurt. What You're, are you talking yeah, about? So, you know, let's just look at that first round of players. How many of those players have missed games due to injury, Fabs? How many of them can't you draft? You can't draft I'm, McCaffrey. I'm you can't about, draft Jefferson. You can't draft Chase. Okay, you can't draft okay. Tyreek Hill. You can't draft A.J. Brown. You getting can't, injured I mean, and getting injured long-term are two different things. Three, four years ago, McCaffrey got hurt and missed more than half the season. He was the number one pick again. Uh, I think he played three games. Then the following year, it was John Taylor, uh, also known as Jonathan Taylor, and he got hurt and missed several games. And then this past, and it was Justin Jefferson, and he missed like half the season. And my point is, All anyone I'm can get hurt. Are they the only guys that got hurt, Fabs? Are they the only guys that got hurt? Are they the only guys that missed significant time? You're just, you're connecting unconnected they, dots, and it's not a service to your audience. get drafted first overall. I'm just okay. saying, it's just a fact. <laughs> Listen, fact I don't want your blood pressure hurt. to get too high, all right? Jeez Louise, Harris. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that that's a fact. You can't argue the fact, and that's the fact, Jack. Uh, so, anyways, uh, the next four picks are, once again, to me, like, not surprising. Although, I think someone's missing out of this next four. Jefferson goes two. Totally get it. Yep. Chase goes three. And really, like, when you look at the four wide receivers or five wide receivers after uh, <clears throat> Jefferson, 
it's kind of a what you know what you individually like personal preference right so Jeff Manns liked Jamar Chase. I would have taken CeeDee Lamb. In fact, I did take CeeDee Lamb. With the I might have taken Tyreek Hill. Right, and, and Right, exactly. Then Tyreek went after me. So I would have gone Jefferson, CD, Tyreek, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Jamar Chase. Yep. But Amon Ross St. Brown didn't go until, Pick I nine. believe, ninth overall? Yep. And I, and I had a hard decision at eight was between what I consider to be one of the few high volume or anticipated high volume backs with huge big playability or Amon Ross St. Brown, who I consider super steady. My belief was Keenan Allen would make it back to me in the next round, but uh, Mike Dempsey had other thoughts. So I was surprised that Jeff Ratcliffe took AJ Brown where he did when Amon Ra was available. Um, but I mean, listen, Amon Ra was, is phenomenal. AJ was phenomenal for the first half. And then I don't know what happened in the second half. Uh, uh, we can discuss that all we want. Probably we'll never know. So the first running back not named Christian McCaffrey to come off the board, Bijan Robinson, who came off the board at mm. sixth overall. Do you have Bijan as your number two back right now? Or do you have Brees Hall, who you drafted as your number two? I have Brees Hall as my number two back right now. And uh, the big playability, I mean, despite not getting a rob as robust a workload as I would expect this year, he still was third in the league in yards after contact. That's his superpower, right? The big play. If he gets the volume that I anticipate, he will make big plays. Uh, so I do have him ahead of Bijan. I probably have other players ahead of Bijan as well. There's a little uncertainty you know, for, for all these guys as we look at that first round. I mean, you could say, uh, are we sure Justin Jefferson's going to have the quarterback that can fuel his fires? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot I, of speculation. In right, a mock draft this early I, right. Exactly. I think that's my point. So I'm, I'm with you. Any of those receivers, I'm surprised AJ Brown went ahead of Amon Ross St. Brown. And I felt like I had a hard decision at eight between a hall and Amon Ross St. Brown, but being as he was my running back two, uh, I could have, you know, and I didn't think my running back three Kyron Williams would make it back to me. Uh, and I thought maybe Keenan Allen would, you're trying to play a little bit of 3d chess here. You're trying to think a round or two ahead how things are going to play out. And uh, and the here's the big takeaway from every draft you should be in. Know the room, right? We play, Fabs and I are playing in leagues with a lot of people who pay a close attention to these things. Nobody's slipping. Nobody is getting past anybody. I mean, we'll talk about it later in the draft. I was really hoping to get Anthony Richardson, uh, you know, a little after the main quarterback run uh, and uh, Howard Bender kind of snagged him the round before I was going to grab him at the turn the round before. So I slow rolled quarterback after that, but, but I mean, you know, know the room, know who, know who you're drafting with and have a good understanding of how up to speed they are and how close attention they're playing to developments or paying to a developments and thinking ahead, right? Like to some of these situations where maybe there's a little uncertainty. I feel like in this draft fabs, I played like I, I pretended I knew for certain what I'm just guessing at at this point. Right. And I think that's kind of the good approach when you're drafting in January, obviously, we don't have all the answers. So you kind of project in your head how you think things are going to play out and go to it that. Uh, Kyron Williams uh, went third to last in the first round. Uh, I'd project him more as like a second round pick, but not far behind where he was picked. I just, listen, <clears> I love the numbers. I'm a little worried about the durability, but uh, certainly going to be a first round pick in a lot of leagues. Jamar Gibbs also went at the end of the first round. And then I think the pick that was the most head scratching to me was Garrett Wilson going at the end of the first round. I think that's too high. There are better options out there. I know Aaron Rodgers is coming back, but Aaron Rodgers will have not played for a full year. 
coming off an Achilles at 40. So I don't know if I like Garrett Wilson. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if right. I like him as a first round pick. Uh, the second round starter, the Puka Nakua, who, you know, no argument there after his rookie campaign and uh, the the continued deterioration, I believe, of uh, Cooper Cup in terms of his value and maybe his durability. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, <clears throat> second off the board in round two. You mentioned Keenan Allen. Uh, he was third off the board. Travis Etienne, who was, you know, one of the top three running backs and the second best running back in fantasy football during the fantasy season, which ends, of <clears throat> course, in week 17. He went behind Kyron Taylor Gibbs. Uh, do you feel like that was a bit of a bargain uh, there or not? Probably not. I mean, I think that's uh, why he's going that late. I feel like most people don't see the Jaguars as being as all in on him as they had to be. We thought Tank's big, Tank Bigsby was going to be a thing you know, when we were drafting you know, yeah. last year heading into the season, and we heard glowing reports. They'd like another component there. Maybe they will try again uh, to limit him. Uh, but I think in the end, he may end up being a value if he gets the same kind of volume he got last year. I think that's the question. Do you believe he's going to get that volume? I think all the guys that went ahead of him, I feel a little more comfortable with the volume mm -hmm. other than Jameer Gibbs, who is going to share. But right. remember, you know, I think after after David Montgomery came back from his injury down the stretch, what was Gibbs? Like running back four and Montgomery was running back 10 or 11. Uh, over the course of like the first five or six games, he came back from injury. So, I mean, I get Gibbs. I'm a huge Gibbs fan. I think I think I probably would have preferred maybe Taylor ahead of him. Right. For sure. No, I get it. I, I get it. I, I actually like maybe Etienne a little bit more than Kyron Williams, uh, to be honest with you, because I, I, I'm just worried about the durability with Kyron. But I mean, he was fantastic. Uh, but I mean, really, you're splitting hairs there. Uh, DJ Moore next off the board, and then Debo Samuel. That one also was a little bit, whoa, that's that there were, there were several wide receivers that I would have taken ahead of Debo Samuel there. And I, listen, I know on a points per game average, he was very good. He was in the top 15 among wide receivers, but he's got to contend with Brendan. Ayuk. he's got to contend with George Kittle. Right. He's really had that only one big season in his career. And I kind of think that's what he is. Uh, did you think Debo going uh, at that spot in round two or any spot in round two was a little too high? <clears throat> um, I feel like that's kind of a personal distinction. You know, there are games where you can expect him to have more. I'm more into Ayuk. I got him around later, a round and a pick later. So yeah. I feel like I kind of got the value there. We'll see if Samuel returns. I tend to agree with you on that one. Uh, Diggs went next. I don't know what to think of Stephon Diggs because the second half of the year, he was non-existent. He was barely startable. <clears throat> and you started him because you were hoping that he would come back right. to the first half form and he never did. And who knows if he's going to be in Buffalo, right? I mean, I, I, think, I, I, know he, I think he will he be. Might end up in Dallas. I think, I think he, I think he will be. Uh, I think he'll be in Buffalo, and we may look back on the second half of this season, or the second two thirds, or the latter two thirds of this season as a blip on his career radar. Uh, you know, I mean, that's entirely within the range of possible outcomes. That said, you know, you can see who the players who went ahead of him, uh, Samuel notwithstanding. I might have taken some of the guys that went after him ahead of him as well. I, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in it, but but there is a there is a universe in which Stephon Diggs returns to being Stephon Diggs. Joe Brady's return as offensive coordinator, though a move that was announced, uh, makes you think that maybe we'll continue to see a more running back focused approach there, and maybe that was part of his issues. Uh, Chris Olave uh, went next. I was able to get Michael Pittman. Uh, giddy up! I'll take that all day long. Uh, uh, Devon Achan goes next, uh, third to last in the second round. Nico Collins, who you got to like after a breakout year. Uh, and then Cooper Cup went in the uh, with the last pick of round two. 
And to be quite honest with you, there's some wide receivers that I'd rather have taken ahead of Cooper Cup. I, I think Cooper Cup is uh, trending in the wrong direction. Even when he played this past season, he had some stink bombs. You know, he had a stretch of games where he was putting up single digits. I just think it's done for Cooper Cup, unfortunately, <laughs> um, in terms of being a fantasy superstar. Round three starts with Isaiah Pacheco and Saquon Barkley. And then, and I was, I was, I had Marvin Harrison Jr. like queued up and then Jeff Manns grabbed him from me. So I uh, ended up taking Mike Evans. Is Marvin Harrison Jr. as a third <laughs> round pick? regardless of where he goes. And right now I'm hoping it's Arizona. Is that, is that going to be ballpark for where he'll go in redrafts? I think that will be ballpark where he goes in redraft. He, it may be a little later in some leagues. It maybe depends, but in a league of sharp players, I think, I think you're going to see the rookie running rookie receivers. I'm sorry. Uh, push up a little bit higher than we've seen in the past. I'm going to be trying to get him everywhere. I, I love him, dude. I mean, dude's a bigger version of his old man. I, that's going to be a lot of fun. If he lands with the right team, uh, like if the Patriots decide to draft him, I'm like, oh, no, uh, but uh, maybe not immediate gratification. I think many teams, we will get immediate gratification. Uh, as I mentioned, Mike Evans uh, was my third pick. Yeah, so I, I would have I would have liked him to make it back to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, honestly, I would have taken Mike Evans over probably Cooper Cup and, and right. maybe Nico Collins. Yep. Uh, and then Rashad White uh, goes with the fifth pick in round three, which is probably about ballpark. Um, although, you know, what's the Buccaneers offense going to look like next season, right? Dave Canales is gone. Baker Mayfield might be gone. <clears throat> yeah. Mike Evans might be gone. So yeah, I, I, I think, I think the desire there is to keep the band together. I know Mike Evans would like to continue playing there. I think Baker, that'll where he'll get the best deal, but with a new coordinator that kind of changes at least, uh, you know, adds a little, a, a layer of difficulty to divining the outcomes. Uh, Jalen Waddle goes next at <clears throat> three sticks. Devontae Adams. I want your thoughts on Devontae Adams. He goes 3-7 to, to our pal Jeff Ratcliffe. Uh, Jeff started three wide receivers also. In fact, he took a fourth in round four. You know, Adams was still like a top 12 fantasy yep. wide receiver, but we started to see cracks in the armor. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be in Las Vegas. Or hell, it might be Russell Wilson. We don't know. Uh, Adams, I think, feels right in the third round, though, right? I probably would have taken him slightly ahead of uh, of uh, Brandon Ayuk. There uh, would be would have been the ideal for me. If I, I was hoping he would fall to me, he did not. I'm fine taking Ayuk where I took him, uh, but would have much preferred Devontae Adams. Uh, Brandon Ayuk goes to uh, Bob Harris, the great one, uh, in the third round at the eighth pick in that round, and then Nick Chubb. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nick Chubb? Like, I mean. Well, that's a little aggressive to me, right? I, I, I don't feel like we have enough information. It's a bad injury. We know he's going to come back. So, um, you know, I think probably you could have got a, a better price on him. Kendall Valenzuela uh, being a little aggressive on that one. But, you know, if he comes back to full speed at some point in the season, she's going to have a hell of a player. I mean, you know, if that's one of those players that comes on down the stretch, we, you know, We've seen this movie before. I thought Brees Hall came back nicely from his injury last year. Mm -hmm. Javante Williams seemed, you know, to have its moments, but maybe a little tougher of a slog for him. So we just don't know right. the outcomes for Chubb. Right. Uh, and then uh, Travis Kelsey, first tight end goes. I don't agree with that pick. I'd rather go Laporta. I, I think Kelsey's uh, trending downward. If he even he comes still back. tight end one in the NFL, and he still played with Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, if you're assuming he's going to play, I mean, the number oh, oh, Kelsey, and then you're not paying a Kelsey in price for him. He's been a I'd ra right, pick right. consistently. I, just to me, I'd rather go with the younger player um, who's, you know, who's not going to be what, 35 going into the season, coming off of his worst statistical season in a long time. Uh, that I was still wonder, tight end one. No, he wasn't. He was tight end two. 
Tight end one. was tight end one this year. Um, uh, he was usurped. Um, Kelsey was the season. Uh, Rasheed Rice going in, system. in round three, and uh, then Tony <clears> Pollard <throat> following up. Uh, Pollard is a free agent. We don't know where he's going to end up. Maybe he stays in Dallas. Maybe he doesn't. We're, we're going to find out uh, in the offseason. James Cook goes at the top of round four. Not surprising there. Uh, no qualms about that pick. Then we see DK Metcalf and Devontae Smith come off the board. And then Josh Allen. So the first quarterback comes off the board, Bob, in round four with the fourth pick in that <laughs> round. Last season, we were seeing quarterbacks go second, Two. third round. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think this is going to be back to what the trend had been before 2023. No one's taking a quarterback in the top three rounds, and people are going to wait. Yeah, I think I, – well, certainly a group of industry insiders coming fresh off a season is going to wait. We'll see if that doesn't like – you know you know how this is. Like we start out early in the season and we're remembering all the lessons vividly that we learned from the previous season. And then as we get closer to next year, things tend to shift back a little bit. Like you'll see, you know, more running backs sneak in or, or the quarterbacks may edge up a little bit. Maybe we see the tight ends gain a little value. But I think fresh off the season, the lessons are the lessons are still vivid in our mind, and I think that's part of the quarterback situation here. I'll be honest; I thought quarterbacks went a little more quickly and a little more a little earlier in general than I expected. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into those. Uh, Laporta goes to oh Bob Harris uh, in round four, and then Tank Dell. I love him. Uh, I it was that was my decision, Fabs. I, I was decided between Dell and Laporta. The, again, the issue I have with Tank Dell is he's 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 not a big dude, and he got hurt last year. But yep. that was not that was like a fluke kind of thing, right? Because somebody rolled up on his knee, and so it you know it wasn't a situation where uh, he got injured on a tackle or you know that was just a bad luck sort of injury. But I I do love him. Uh, Jeff Ratcliffe with four wide receivers in a row. Uh, T Higgins goes next. He's going to be a free agent. We're not sure where he'll end up. Maybe he stays. In since he with the franchise tag, time will tell. Zay Flowers comes off the board next uh, with the eighth pick in round four. And then I took my first running back with Josh Jacobs. I don't know where he's going to be. Nope. Maybe it's Las Vegas. Maybe it's someplace else. I don't know. But he's he's a young running back who's a year removed from being the rushing leader. And he's in the prime of his career. So I felt good about that. Calvin really goes next. Then Amari Cooper. And then Jordan Addison. Uh, Jordan Addison was very good when Jefferson was active last season. Uh, and he had some good games when Jefferson was not yeah. active, but he was better with JJ drawing defenses. So, yep, um, sure. and, and again, you know, you, you mentioned it, who's the quarterback in Minnesota. I don't know, hmm. but bottom line here is that uh talented guy. Maybe he has a second year breakout. Then I'm hoping I drafted that quarterback in round 10. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, getting into round five, we start with Cortland Sutton which I think was maybe maybe a little high for Cortland Sutton. Maybe I thought he would too. go uh, maybe, uh, maybe a little bit later on in this round or in round six, but he had a good year. I yep. just, I don't know who the quarterback is in Denver and it's not going to be Russell Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, some of that, you know, the Russell Wilson deep ball was a factor in Sutton drive. Sutton's a very good player. I feel like this year, uh, you know, the 2023 season was more along the lines of what I've expected from him. So maybe it's a little just a validating season and I'd like to think he can continue on but I'm with you the the uncertainty at quarterback uh, is, is an issue for me as well uh Drake London uh is next and I mean listen Arthur Smith is no longer there so let's hope that uh Zach Robinson actually gets him the football right uh we need to do that so uh and then we've got uh we've got a little bit of breaking news here from our we've had it for like 10 minutes I just didn't want to get you pal, all excited I didn't see it from uh from Toss 
Dan Quinn to Washington. Um, I, honestly, I don't care. Like when the Cowboys defense needed to play well, they did not. So I don't care. Like I, I listen, I don't know who the Cowboys will hire, but I don't give a rat's patootie mm-hmm. about Dan Quinn leaving. We got smoked by Green Bay. We got smoked by Buffalo. We got smoked by San Francisco. We gave up a ton of points to Seattle. We have talent on the defensive side, and that defense was not dominant when it needed to be. Uh, I don't know who he's going to bring in as his offensive coordinator. Obviously, we're going to find that out. But, Bob, the thing that surprises me most is that Bill Belichick will not coach this year, but he will coach the Dallas Cowboys in 2025. (laughs) You heard it here first. So – Dear listener, this is why I didn't bring the Dan Campbell news up when it initially broke, because I knew the diatribe was coming. Now that we've got that out of our system, look, <laughs> I feel like the commanders kind of lost out on the guy that they really wanted when Ben Johnson, ben Johnson they were yeah. flying to Detroit yesterday to do the final interview, and it sounds like they were ready to go. I think some of the reports of the salary demands he was making were exaggerated, but even if they were, my understanding is that that wouldn't have kept Washington from going after him if that was their selected guy so uh <clears throat> not like a surprising not a surprising development at all and somewhere Micah Parsons is hoping Cowboys do better yes um yes and and Jerry Jones I go on another diatribe here I'm not going to do it maybe I'll do it go there. ahead no go I'm ahead. not going to do it well Jerry Jones comes out and said well we're all in this season why <laughs> the flipping hell weren't you all in like in 2023 and 2022 you weren't all in then jackass I just I I'm I, I, I he just sours me all right let's get back to the mock draft here Please. before i swear uh by accident uh mark andrews comes off the board uh the third pick in round five he is i mean i think it's fair price board. not surprising i mean i think that fair could price. Be value, but how much did they use isaiah likely next season i don't know i, I so maybe I know we you love mark andrews so, so I get it. Uh, like you know just eyeball test wise mark andrews when he's playing in a game and on point you know, if you're not looking right at Lamar Jackson, the best player on the field is generally Mark Andrews. So uh, I think maybe they'll find, I think Todd Munkin came, you know, from the college ranks, you know, we had great career as a professional coordinator, but at Georgia, I mean, he ran the most two tight end sets in the nation. Uh, so, you know, in the offense there. So I'm expecting he'll kind of figure out ways to use both of them. And maybe it is a limiting factor, but I think that's kind of baked into the price. Uh, I took Joe Mixon next. Joe Mixon was the RB six this past season. All right. like people, people like forget that. And I don't know yep. even what, you know, maybe the Bengals, um, you're going to go in a different direction. I have no idea, but Mixon's still a good back in the prime of his career. Uh, Ken Walker went next, then Aaron Jones uh, and Aaron Jones. Uh, that's all about what he did <clears throat> down the stretch in like the last four or five games of the season. Cause other than that, he was terrible. Uh, Julie, uh, um, J- Jalen Hurts, spin it, it up, Fabiano, uh, was the second quarterback off the board. He goes at 5-7. Then Alvin Kamara to Alvin Robert. Kamara, the running back three from weeks three through 17 when it mattered most or uh, when yeah. he was playing. So, uh, so yeah, I had no issues getting but landing him Kamara there. Kamara stick in New Orleans because he's making a lot of money, and I don't know that their cap situation is all that good. We'll, see. we'll find out about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I probably would have gone in the same direction. Jackson Smith and Jigba goes next. Then Lamar Jackson goes ahead of Patrick Mahomes as the QB three. Um, and then Malik neighbors goes um, the rookie out of LSU. And then George Kittle rounds out round five. Uh, I've seen, I've seen some mocks where neighbors goes to the chargers and I would hate that at least yeah. initially, because unless they drop <clears throat> Keenan Allen, I don't know that there's right. enough footballs to get 
all of those guys the targets and the and the production that they want. And then we just saw Quentin Johnson say yesterday that he thinks he's in for a breakout year. Well, hell, dude, um, what were you waiting for as a rookie? It was not good. <clears throat> I think Mike Williams in round eight is going to be the guy. If, if you look back at the Harbaugh offenses, what do we know? They were they were run heavy and they took their yeah. they were efficient with the big plays. If Mike Williams is healthy, his contract probably keeps him on board and he might be that guy. So and I thought he was a flyer at round eight. Worth, unless worth I missed throwing. it, we still don't know who the offensive coordinator is for the Chargers. And maybe it's Greg Roman. Greg Roman. And, Could be. and if you look, if you look at the four years that those guys were in San Francisco together, you know, the, the, the best wide <clears> receivers <throat> they had was like Anquan Bolden and, and Michael Crabtree, and neither one of them finished better than than wide receiver 15. So I, I think that, you know, you're gonna add another wide receiver to that offense again. We don't know who the OC is yet. Uh, so, Bob, before we wrap up here, uh, we're not going to get through the rest of the draft. You can obviously see it uh, right now on your screen. And by the way, the last three rounds were auto-picked for me, so don't give me any crap about the garbage that I drafted. You guys know I would never draft Miles Sanders in a million years. Uh, I saw you so, do it. It was horrible. So I felt mind. embarrassed for keep you. Keep that in mind. Shut your hole, Harris. Um, it was a glitch in the damn system. Talk about so he says. Yes, it was the the rest of your team, Bob. Uh, so Derrick Henry, I think getting running back twelve in round seven. Look, that's he's crazy old. town, dude. That's right? crazy. He's, he's old, and he, you know, but if you watched him play last year, he the work was so much year. to finish. Had right? the great breakaway runs, and hopefully he's a Baltimore Raven. Uh, Kirk Cousins yeah. was the pick. Like I wish I hadn't picked Jerry Judy. I like I don't have a do not fly list. But if I did, Jerry Judy would probably be on it. I have no idea why I made that move. I should have gone with somebody with some upside. But Kirk Cousins was a great pick for me. Um, just, look, I'm making some assumptions here. That he's playing. That he's playing back in Minnesota. Uh, from the eight games he played or the seven. Yeah, eight games he played. What, he was quarterback four on the year. He plays with Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. And TJ Hawkinson will return at some point. So, felt really good about that. Yeah, so for me, um, I ended up going with Roma Dunze uh, as my wide receiver four in round six. And then I took Austin Eckler. I don't know if you remember the episode of Cheers, and it's in the 80s, so probably a lot of you don't, where Sam Malone donated his jersey uh, to a charity and people would call in and bid on these items. No one bid on Sam Malone's jersey. So his friends were bidding on it so he wouldn't feel bad. I love Austin Eckler. He's a friend of mine. I'm actually going to see him this weekend. And he was still there at seven, uh, four. And I'm like, dude, I got to take him. You're telling me that Austin Eckler is going to go from being the best running back in fantasy football for two straight years to being a, 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 a bum. Uh, I don't know where he's going to be, but as a flex starter in the seventh round, I don't care. I'm taking him all day long. I took TJ Hawkinson as my tight end, knowing that he's probably not going to start out the season. Just had the surgery this week. But before the stupid product would not let me draft, I was going to take Brock Bowers to back him up. I waited on a quarterback. I was going to take Jordan Love. I got blocked from that for some reason or another. But you can see the strategy. I waited on quarterbacks. Hmm. I drafted Hawkinson, and I would have drafted another tight end to play in his place that's got some upside until he's able to heal from that ACL, which Bob just mentioned he had the yeah. surgery on earlier this week. So I would have taken Bowers in the Judy spot, by the way, had he lasted. Yeah. I uh, and Jake Ferguson was still there too. And by the way, great season uh, by Jake Ferguson. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas this weekend. If you are out in Las Vegas and you want to come down to the Las Vegas Convention Center uh, to the NADA conference, I will be there representing SiriusXM, talking fantasy football, and probably taking a few shots at Bob Harris's age. Um, Bob, this weekend, I mean, what are you going to be doing, man? Are you going to be making like kale smoothies? Like, what's the what's the plan, buddy? 
I, I don't know. It's the first. Uh, well, I'll be doing a radio show on Saturday, so I'll have some normalcy. But other than that, I don't I don't know what the hell I'll do with myself without any football game. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, you got to get on your Peloton, do something like that. You know, uh, read, a ma- read a magazine. I don't know. You know, I do, do have some books. Have some milk of magnesia. Do what old people do. Have a little bit of, uh, you know, cream of wheat. <laughs> that's the point. I'm sorry. That's what my grandparents used to have for breakfast. And they were like, you want some cream of wheat? I'm like, hell no, that stuff looks terrible. I love like, cream of wheat. I haven't had it in many, oh many my years. God. It's like porridge. It's like porridge from like, the, 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 oh no, I don't. Yeah. Unless you pour a lot of brown sugar on there, I'm out. Uh, well, Todd, what I'm what you got going on this weekend, man. You get your belt might be coming in soon. I'm telling you right now, the trophy smack belts are kick-ass. And I want you to videotape yourself walking through your local mall with that belt around your waist. Uh, okay. I want to see will, it. I, yeah. I'll head to the Westfield Culver city mall and I'll walk around. That's, I used to go. Yes. Wait, hold on. I got a belt. Hang on. Here we go. It's always the same with him. He's got a belt. He's got a helmet. He's got uh, a rant against the Cowboys. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this. This is gorgeous. Look at this. It's beautiful. Beautiful craftsmanship. This is the belt for the league that I've won now in two straight years with Adam Wainwright, Kyle Gibson, all my baseball buddies. Uh, We call it the best league ever. And uh, yeah, see, look at this. Is I mean, look at the crowd. Look at what Trophy Smack does. They're just phenomenal. Um, So yeah, I got this bad boy. I got another one over there. I'm waiting for my Flex League title belt. From, I have uh, one of those. You want to see it? I know. From, from Big <laughs> Feeling. Yeah, I'm going to text him. I'm like, where's my belt, dude? Uh, so, yeah. That's um, that's about it. Right. That's about it. Uh, Bob Harris, enjoy your weekend. I will be calling you from Las Vegas and bothering you uh, constantly. Uh, Toss, you have a great weekend yourself. When you get that belt, I want pictures. I want video. I want to see it. Because that it. belt is badass looking, man. It looks really, really good. Um I worked also, hard for that belt. I worked really hard for it. You got so. lucky, but uh, yeah. You <laughs> there you, you go. See how he does, Toss? You got a little lucky. You got a little lucky. You had a 56 points from Amari Cooper against me. You got a little lucky, but hey, you won. No, Listen, you won. You're the champ. See I, how he does I, that? I know, no, I, I, know. I know. I know. I know. I would say it too. If it were me, I'd say, yes, I got lucky. I admit it. Um, Rather be you, lucky than good. Champ. I'll take you out <laughs> next, next uh, season. <laughs> Anyways. Thanks for listening to the Believe Fantasy Football Show presented by Bet Online for the great one. Uh, not Dwayne Johnson. Bob Harris is the original great one. I am Fabs for Toss behind the virtual glass. Have a great weekend, everybody.